back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I am I'm thrilled to have uh, General Odie Slocum here today. Uh, Odie is a, a former uh, Air Force F-4, F-16, and A-10 pilot, both active and uh, Air National Guard. Now he's uh, working with a group called Warriors with Warriors, another group called Overs, I'm sorry, Others Over Self. So, uh, Odie, welcome. Greg, it's great to be here. Uh, Glad to be with you today. So talk about, tell us what you're doing. What's uh, Warriors with, tell us a little bit about, you know, you got got great, great flying background, distinguished Air Force career. Okay. How long, how long in the Air Force? 35 years to the day I spent in the Air Force. So it was a wonderful honor to, to be able to wear that uniform for that long and been retired for about three years now. And now you're with uh, Warriors with Warriors. Tell us about uh, that. Many group. things and hats I wear. Uh, it's an honor to be part of this team. They asked me to come in and help uh, really teaching what we call military cultural competency, uh, which is primarily focusing on teaching organizations and people of faith how to deal with military and veterans, how to talk to them, how to connect. Uh, we're we're looking at resiliency. We're looking at things we can do to help our veterans in their transitions and things that they're doing in their lives. What um what do you think? Yeah, so where do you think the big you know, look, obviously uh veterans is you know, veterans ever since you know sort of the war on terror started, you know, back 20 years ago in Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, the needs of veterans has really come into the spotlight. More so, yeah. I think, than ever ever in the country's history. It's it's hey, look, we're yeah, we're we're putting these kids through a lot. And then they're transitioning. What you know? What you know? What's uh, what's shaping the transition, and how are organizations handling? Well, perfect. And I think you know each generation's experience uh, with their conflicts and their transitions are all going to be a little bit different. And certainly, as we look at the you know the nine eleven post nine eleven generation, um, you know we've been in this continual perpetual state of conflict. Uh, for decades now, and it does take a different type of toll uh, than previous conflicts, I think, on our veterans. So their issues have a tendency to be different. Um, so when we're talking to Vietnam veterans versus Korean War, uh, you know, in the handful of World War II veterans we still have hanging with us uh, versus the, the veterans of today, uh, I think are dealing with a little bit different types of issues. The, the theaters that they've been involved with, the people they've dealt with, and the systems in place have all changed through time. Um, so now we're looking at, you know, the younger generation, if you will, that's coming up now that's had this continual state of stress uh, throughout their lives. And hopefully we're getting our eyes open to what the issues are, diagnosing them better. And, and hopefully the goal is to be able to get them to, to better help than the previous generations have had. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think about that quite a bit, to be honest. I think about some of the, the veterans coming home from World War II, where nobody understood, you know, what. Yeah, nobody understood. You know, it was kind of you're back, you're home, you're normal, or you should be normal. You know, yeah, you know, and, and, and like nobody thought about you know PTSD. But or, at the time, if you think in the population, it was also a lot larger portion of our population that had a familiarity with it. Right. And one of the things now is fewer and fewer. You know, less than one percent of the population now is actually wearing the uniform at the time. You know, yep. the Air Force is the smallest it has ever been in terms of numbers of people. Yeah, uh, you know, specifically dealing with the service that I'm familiar. Um, so once again, it's kind of a unique uh, separation from society that we didn't have before. Previous generations had a little more connectivity. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, absolutely. But I, on the flip side too, I think it's, you know, a lot of there's, I, I I think that there's some, you know, veterans are not 
all P, you know, it's it's not like we're all PTSD, Vic. You know, I'm a veteran. I did eight years. You know, you did your 35. You know, it's not like, you know, you know, a lot of organizations are they're kind of like little hands off. You know, what am I getting myself into if I work with a veteran? And and the answer is is that hey, look, you know, everybody, it's you know, it's uh, uh, incredibly motivated and incredibly detail oriented. You know, person that's coming out of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and you got some great skills. They've learned some great discipline. How are organizations? You know, how do you, how how are organizations? You know, adapting and bringing veterans into them, and what needs to be done better, or what needs to be done? You know, to continue a great. You know, what is a great transition? You know, process. Well, like I said, it's connecting with the veterans. Um, in a lot of cases, the veterans don't reach out for help. It's a small portion that do. Uh, you know, you touched on PTSD, and you know that's ten to twenty percent of the folks I think uh, in the military have some degree of the PTSD. It's not everybody. Um, we have this tendency to want to take a cookie cutter approach, stereotype, um, but the experiences all are very unique between the services and then between each individual's service. And that's one of the things we try and dive into a little bit with the organizations um, is to get them to connect with the veterans, to, to pull their stories out of them, their experiences, so that uh, they can better focus their their care for them in a way that's going to be effective and make a difference. Yeah. You know, one of the things is that, you know, with the veterans, and this is one thing I start to counsel, I, I counsel a lot of current active duty members. You know, when you're hanging out in the Navy or a Navy squadron or an Air Force squadron, you're hanging out with people who are just like you, you know, other, you know, other, other pilots, other you know, mechanics, other military people, your friends tend to be, you don't really realize there's another world out there until you're starting to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, that transition is coming close. And I talked to people, these, these, these young active duty folks, and I'm like, you need to go get involved in business associations. You need to go meet entrepreneurs. You need to go see what life outside of the military actually looks, looks like so that you understand, you know, that world as well. You know, what's an entrepreneur fit? You know, what's an entrepreneur, you know, because what's, what's happened in the life of an entrepreneur every day. Yeah. Or the well, person who's know, who's running a division, you know, who's running a division of Procter and Gamble or whatever, you know, it's the general manager of a warehouse. You know, what's 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 their life look like? Well, and you know, in the military, and just like in a lot of organizations, we intentionally immerse you in the culture, the lingo, and all of that that group. Mm -hmm. um, and then the military, and once again, they're all very unique. Uh, when folks are transitioning, one of my favorite is reading resumes of folks when they're coming out of the military looking to, to transition to the civilian world. And I was, all right, we need to make this in English right. to translate this because people just get used to that lingo that they have. Um, but, and once again, this kind of ties back with my experience in the reserve component, which is the Air National Guard, but to also include the reserves where a preponderance of the folks actually have jobs in the civilian sector mm -hmm. and they happen to be in the military at the same time. So that organization's issues are different than what you're just talking about, which is active duty, where you're isolated from the community. We have a lot of our military folks that are integrated into the community. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so you're just kind of helping me emphasize the point is that we can't take a single approach to all this. It is a little bit different. The folks come out of the active duty, certainly um, their issues are going to be a lot different. Uh, it can be more of a, a popping of the clutch kind of a transition, if you will, as they try and deal with uh, that culture around them. But it was a, you know, a good point that you bring out. The earlier you start, the better that, you know, search to understand, uh, strive for a familiarity with where you're going to be going in the future. Yeah. And, and this is the one thing for business leaders, you know, you go, go and spend a couple of days with a military organization and see how they get it done. You know, there, there's ways to, I, I always look at it like it's a learning process. There's so much the military folks can learn from business or the private sector. And vice versa. There's so much, you know, when, you know, I spent, you know, 22 out of 36 months on an aircraft carrier. We used to have, you know, business people in the community come out and they look at, they watch a flight deck operate at, you know, you know, 24 hour operation on a flight deck. Like, Whoa, how do you guys get it all done? You know, it's, it's a process. It's discipline. Everybody knows everybody's job. You do your job, not the other guy's job. The only time everybody does, you know, the same job is when there's a fire and it's everybody's job to put it out. But it was the ultimate exercise in, I want to say it was really the ultimate exercise in lean and primitive. And, and um, the business leaders would go back like, I can't believe that these 20 year old, you know, flight deck handlers, you know, the 20 year old kids on the flight deck are able to get all this done. And like, Hey, look, you got no choice. It's not like, you know, you know, something broke, we can't, you know, we got to stop. It's like, we got to improvise and go for it. And then on the flip side, I think there's so much to learn from each other. Yeah. And, and then, you know, tying into what I'm doing now with warriors with warriors, uh, very similar, you know, business leaders. Yes. But also, you know, the organizations of faith, uh, get them involved. One is to have, uh, our veterans or those that serving get involved with organizations of faith, but the other way around would be bring them out into those same environments uh, to see what are the types of stresses, what are the issues that they're dealing with, you know, uh, I guess what I'm saying is business slash organization, faith organizations can all have that same approach. I think. How are the you know, talk about now? So talk talk a little bit about more, you know, warriors with warriors and how they're how it operates and 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 you know, kind of its mission and what what's it all, you know, what's oh. the goals. Primarily, once again, is uh, we're looking to talk to these organizations of faith so that they can connect better with veterans, because there's a huge, uh, mostly most of our veterans do not reach out for help. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is equip these organizations that can connect then with the veterans to pull these stories out of them or to pull the needs uh, that they might have that maybe they know about, maybe they don't, but help them recognize and deal with them in ways that maybe they wouldn't even before. So it's multifaceted. I work with a wonderful group of folks. Like I said, I'm just a small part of this organization. Um, and like my part is that military cultural competency, uh, but we can dive into all sorts of different topics um, with the individuals all the way up into leading them to get the specific type of care that they need. How are the faith-based organizations reaching out? What's uh, what are they doing to you know? What are they doing to connect? How are they going about? How are they going about you know getting interest from the from the vet you know from the veteran and active duty community? Well, I think that's exactly what we're trying to spur because a lot of times they're going to end up encountering those veterans and not even know what to do with or what the needs might be. So I think that's exactly what we're trying to encourage 
um, with folks. And, you know, it, it kind of dives back into, you know, what most of the time you're a veteran and somebody finds out you served in the Navy. What's the phrase that comes out of their mouth to you? Uh, thank you for your service, probably. Thank you right? for your service. Yeah, that's one thing. And to which I go, yeah, okay, no big deal. That's uh well, and your reaction right there is one of those things that we're trying to get organizations of faith to go, there's a lot more that you can do than just saying that one statement. And it's great for individuals when they want to come up and they want to, you know, express their appreciation for mm -hmm. your service. But for these organizations of faith, hey, how about connecting? What did you do? What was your specialty? Teach them enough about the organization that they can make a little bit of a connection to pull that that information out of those veterans beyond just those surfacey types of things. We want them to dig below the surface. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the magic of the wars with warriors. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's the one thing that I would yeah. You know, what I where I see a lot of the disconnect is you know veterans getting out of the military going. What do we do? What do I do now? How do my skills translate? Because you really don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, a lot of, you know, pe people come out, they, they just don't know what they don't know. And so how do we, you know, how do organizations, be it you know, faith or business or whatever, start to pull out of people, hey, the, we, 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 we see what you did, here are the skills you had, now we just need to shape those skills into a marketable job something where you can go earn a living and understand that you don't have to eat the apple on one bite the job you take the day after you know the day you exit the military is not the job you're going to have five years from now it's it's a little bit of a transition how do we teach these people who have never really done it before how to transition out of the military and say okay here's you know here's the path you should go you know you can you can lead down well, and that's exactly, you know, teaching these organizations of faith, how to make that connections. And there's lots of different venues where they're going to have that opportunity to make a connection, whether it's trade shows, parades, uh, yellow ribbon. If you're familiar with that program, uh, when folks go through the demobilization mobilization process, mm -hmm. that's an opportunity where we can build that relationship to begin with. But you touch on a great point. Um, which to me is, it's always about people. That's one of my main foot stomps that I like to talk about. And each person is different. So you're going to have to take the time to sit down, learn a little bit about that person, their experience. You know, your experience in the Navy is different than mine in the Air Force versus active duty versus guard. And we can go through so many different variations of that, um, that we need to dig past that surface level connection and making the assumptions about people in the military uh, so that we can figure out what it is that the issues, uh, what issues they're facing and how to deal with them. Um, you know, you touched on when people get out of the military, uh, that transition. Well, sometimes that transition uh, stress is delayed. It's uh, desynchronized in time. Maybe it's later after they've had that first job and are going for that second one, or they're still in the proximity of the base and their friends up to a certain point, then they move. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's so many different, uh, issues facing the veterans that it is really, it boils down to that person to person contact, um, and learning about them, about their service and about how to help them best. How many faith based, I mean, how many organizations are you guys working with now from, uh, you know, are you attracting, you know, are you getting a, you know, are you getting a lot of buy-in from the, the, you know, the various churches in the community and some of the, uh, the larger organizations? 
Well, are you, like, you, you out there, you, 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 you trying to grow that network now and uh, yeah, where are you, where are you at in the process? Well, primarily here in Michigan, uh, we have about 180 different organizations we've connected with so far. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of a toe in the water of the available resources that are out there. Uh, but it's who we're working with now um, to be able to, and like I said, that's just in the state of Michigan where we're focused. Um, as you can imagine, you take that network and explode it across this country and you're going to find out it, there's a lot of depth of types of organizations that can connect our veterans, our servicemen and women to resources. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, look, I think, you know, that's, that's what it's all about is change is strange in everybody's life. Change is strange. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, you lose your job. Whoa. You know, it's, it's your panic. You know, your first, you know, you, you get laid off, you get fired, you lose your job, your company goes bust, whatever. And your first instinct is to sort of panic. It's very hard to sit back and think about things kind of linearly and go, okay, what are my next, you know, your next steps? You think about a transitioning service member, they see the end coming. And a lot of times there's just a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it changes strange. It's almost, you know, it's a panic. And well, seeing the incoming once again, I think is kind of uh, a little bit of stereotype because there's a lot of folks that don't necessarily see they're planning a military career gets cut short for, you know, fill in the blank. If it's a medical reason, if it's a career thing, if it's a specialty management, they don't need this type of specialty anymore. So they off ramp people or they move the jobs. Uh, and a lot of times it can be deployments, uh, relocations, those types of things, all are different types of stresses that are going to be unique to each individual. Are you, uh, are you guys, are you guys working into the TAP programs you know, as well, or the, the transition assistance programs, or are you, are you really more connecting with the community at large and just saying, Hey, we're here. Primarily um, with the community. Uh, you know, this is through the Michigan state. Okay. Uh, this is an initiative through them. Uh, now we certainly have a network that touches a lot of those uh, types of organizations. So we're, we're not isolated from it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's a wonderful network and it's, it's kind of like, you know, I spent a lot of my career in safety. And as I used to say, it's non-controversial. Everybody wants everybody to be safe. You're never going to end up getting, well, this is exactly the same thing we're dealing with here is we're caring for veterans. This is not controversial. It's not competitive. This is one team, one fight. And, uh, we just have wonderful people that if we can't solve the problem or if we can't get something done, we know who to call. And if not, you know, they know who to network with. So it's a great one team, one fight effort. What type of services are you offering the veterans? Is it resume writing stuff? Is it resume writing services? Is it is it you know hey uh, job counseling? Is it you know, you know networking? A little bit of everything. It yeah, it is actually very uh, wide open in terms of the types of services. Uh, you know, one of the offers we'll make out of this podcast is we do have this nice 21 page article, four ways to make a meaningful connection with military folks. And I give you a URL when we're finishing up here where people can go and download that, get those resources in their hands, connections, uh, contact information, and uh, they'll be often on their way to a path to success. What are you, what are the four ways to connect? What, what, what do you guys in your, the cliff notes of your, the, the cliff notes, of your 21, uh, 21 page article, what, uh, the best four ways to connect. Oh, okay. Sorry, getting inputs here. Uh, you know, one of the ways is simply to ask which branch you serve in. And I think we've touched on that is mm-hmm. because each uh, each service is going to be different. You know, the Navy lingo, the Navy experience, the way that you experience is going to be way different than you know, mine. 
for example, mm-hmm. not just Air Force, but mainly with the reserve component uh, from those aspects. So finding out, first of all, what service, you know, what branch of service uh, did you serve? Uh, and then what was your job? Specifically get them to explain what type of job do you have? Um, what did that entail? What did it mean you know, to be on that aircraft carrier deck? What color shirt did you wear? Mm-hmm. What did that job mean to you and everything else? Um, why did you join is the third one is figuring out what their motive is. What was the reason that they decided to serve their country, their state, their nation? Uh, I throw state in there because the National Guard, uh, mm-hmm. that's my background. Once again, coming through a little bit, but what is their motivation? Uh, and maybe even then to then why are you getting out? And then the last question is simply, how can I serve you? Finding out what those needs are and making yourself available to them so that you can make that connection. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to pull that out of them as part of that uh, that four-step process. Have you found the networking groups and they've been very effective? And and uh, is it you know, obviously getting... Uh, you know, getting getting veterans inter- integrated into the communities and networking them around. I mean, it's, you know, networking to me is one of the most powerful ways to help people. Let me network you somebody over here. Let me introduce you to this person. You know, as I said, I wear many hats and I'll just, you know, one example when I'm, when I'm wearing my uh, Air Force Association hat, uh, we have a great opportunity to network. And one of the things I've brought experts in is on mental health. Let's mm-hmm. deal with that. And I help introduce business leaders, people of faith to opportunities to expertise to help them have a little bit deeper understanding, if you will, of some of the mental health uh, types of issues. Um, when I was on active duty, uh, I had the, the honor, if you will, uh, one is having cool bosses that kind of let me define what it is that I needed to do. So when I was the director of safety for the National Guard at the national level, uh, I defined it as you know making sure that every single person gets home safely every night. Mm-hmm. By using that definition, I jumped into resiliency and suicide prevention, and we ran a national suicide prevention program called the Wingman Project, okay. um, which is not traditional safety. When you think of military safety, it's not in their manuals at all, but it was an issue that we were able to work with others uh, to help address that particular issue um, within the military. So. Gotcha. And um, how do you see the effectiveness? I mean, have you have you guys seen some great results? I mean, I, the suicide prevention thing to me is enormous. I mean, you know, it uh, uh, like I said, you know, coming you know, when I see these kids coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and you know, some handle it you know pretty well, and uh, and others you know they're devastated by they're they're devastated by it, and 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 it is a national. It is a national issue. It's you know, it's easy. It's one that's easy to ignore, but what, you know, one that does you know absolutely should not be ignored. Ignored. So, uh, how are you seeing the effect of the effectiveness of these programs? Well, uh, the issues facing a lot of the folks in the military. You know, you know, from a suicide prevention standpoint, one of the unique things we found from a statistical is it's not the deployments. It's not. PTSD of their experience in combat necessarily. It's a lot of the same types of pressures that most of our society deals with. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe exacerbated some by their experience, for example, family issues, relationships Mm -hmm. with uh, their spouse or their children, financial issues certainly come into play. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those are the common across the board in helping people deal with it. And just like a lot of folks, you know, the veterans are very proud. They don't necessarily like to talk about or deal with those issues. So once again, to me, it's, you know, digging below that surface to be able to find out what those are. Yeah. So when we talk about organizations of faith, um, a lot of times 
you know, you can just imagine we're having this discussion. And one of the phrases that people kind of fall back on sometimes is I'll pray for you. Right. Um, and that's one of those we really try and talk to the organizations about. Maybe that's not the best approach. You don't know what their faith is. Yeah. Um, and I'll pray for you a lot of times is that's not really good luck. Their perspective taking an action. So we're trying to get them past phrases like that to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and then of course, a lot of folks like, especially nowadays, to dive into political types of things. And we try and teach, no, 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 don't do that. You know, stay apolitical with it because you don't know what their political, uh, yeah. it, and it'll just set up a barrier that doesn't need to be there. So yeah. avoid that. Avoid the trite statements. Let's dig into something deeper where we can make that connection and make a difference. Yeah, no, that was, look, it's a hard life. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, I lived it. So I, I can talk about it actively. People, you know. Yeah, I read these, yeah, I read articles and blogs about, you know, why carrier aviators get out of the Navy. I'm like, because it's a hard life. I mean, it's, you know, when I was an active duty naval aviator, it was, you know, I think the longest time I spent in San Diego, my home base, was 10 days and you're gone. And the joke well, was well, I just watched that documentary, you know, Top Gun Maverick. So I know exactly how I'm just kidding. Yeah, there you go. But but it's but it's like, you know, it's the, the joke was if 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 the Navy wanted you to have a spouse, they would have issued you one. Um, it's a hard life. And you think about, hey, I've gone all the time, I've got kids to raise, you know, I've got or my you know, my spouse is unduly burdened because you know, I'm not there. The kids are unduly burdened because, you know, mom and dad are, you know, dad comes home for a little bit or mom comes home for a little while and then they're gone. And it's a hard, you know, it's a hard life. And I don't think that a lot of the civilian world appreciates, you know, appreciates all that goes into, you know, serving in the military. So I think, well, you know, what, what you, and you touch on it, you know, things that this organization, the Warriors with Warriors uh, engaged with, for example, is, you know, Military children, what are the stresses that they go through um, and from the spouse perspective uh, and being able to deal with those? And, you know, one of the things we're doing is exactly what you and I are doing today, talking on podcasts, trying to get the words out to people so that there's an action that they can take. There's something that they can do and that they can know that they're not alone. There's always going to be able, there's always help available to them, whatever their issues happen to be. Gotcha. So how do people get a hold of either you know, community members or veterans? How do they get a hold of uh, Warriors with Warriors and uh, the Others Over Self groups? Well, uh, the URL is simply othersoverself.com backslash just from this show, AE. So let's go with othersoverself.com backslash AE. And you can download that 21 page article that we were just talking about right there. And that's going to give you information. It's going to give you who to connect with. Um, and hopefully get uh, folks off on the right path to being able to make a difference. Let's get it out. So there's a couple of uh, some great organizations out there. This will get out and uh, let's get some people direct, you know, focused in your direction. Thanks for all the great things you're doing to help veterans. Well, Craig, thank you for helping us get the word out and uh, for everything that you're doing here. Uh, but it's a wonderful organization, like I said, with uh, people that have a heart to do the right things for the right reasons. And we couldn't ask for a better population to serve. And that's the wonderful men and women that wear the uniform or who have worn the uniform for this country. Uh, and Craig, thank you for what you've done, uh, your service, your time in uniform and the stresses and everything that that put on your life. Um, as you can see, it, it certainly has made you a better person as a result. And hopefully we can take those experiences and use them to the positive for everybody. There you go. Well, thanks for coming on. Enjoyed it today. All right, Craig. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly 
Craig at NorthStarESG.com or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.